Hello and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the journeys of women who have been through a struggle in their life, but they've made it through to the other side and they're here to share the journey, the lessons they've learned and offer any advice that they can to anybody else going through something similar in their own life. And today, my guest is Leonie Dawson. And Leonie is a teacher, mentor, and inspirer, helping highly sensitive oddballs, just like her, discover their big, glorious dreams, feel less alone, and change the world. She's world-renowned for her international best-selling Create Your Shining Light Year workbooks, and which have been helping women create the vision and map out the plan for their dreams and their lives for over 10 years now. Leonie has generated over $7 million in revenue, all while working part-time hours, being a hippie weirdo, and spending lots of time enjoying life with her two daughters and husband in the most beautiful parts of Australia. Welcome, Leonie. Oh, thanks, Sandra. Uh, and it's $10 million now, but Ooh. yay, who's counting? It's just a small number. Yeah. And I um, was introduced to your workbook back in 2015 and oh, wow. um, <laughs> and have been doing them ever since. And before we get into your journey, I will share this with you, is that if anything I've learned from doing the workbooks, your workbooks, is that you have to be careful what you wish for. You know, when you're... <laughs> You know, when you're listing all of the the hundred things that you want to achieve in your life, whether that's in your business or in your personal life, back in 2016, there was an explosion really close to my home. And um, yeah, somebody blew themselves up and their partner up. And thankfully, they they were the only two casualties of that explosion. But it really rocked the neighborhood, right? And so for the next six months, there was lots of media around, you know, because it was a big deal in in the neighborhood. Anyway, I had written in my workbook that I had wanted to be on national television. Oh, dear Lord. And so I wrote that down and it was December and I wrote it down in my workbook and went on my way. And I I'm on my way walking my dog and of course, timing is everything. And she had already done her business. So I've got a poo bag in one hand, dog leash in the other, and we're doing our walk. And I see this news truck and these people run out the, the news truck and they corner me and they're asking me about my thoughts on this explosion. And I thought to myself, now, I know I said I want to be on national TV and it was on national, it was on, you know, Canadian national television and lots of people told me that they saw me and that's awesome but that wasn't quite what I meant when I said I wanted to be on national tv but yeah yeah gotta be specific Spec- right yeah very I, specific I uh <laughs> just was looking through the workbooks I'm creating the 2021 ones and um there was a prompt that says 2020 will be the year that dot 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 <laughs> and I wrote we'll change the world oh, no I- kidding Whoops, a daisy. Sorry, guys. Like the strength of my goal setting was just amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Words are are powerful. Yes. So I think like tick, we can tick that one off. Mission accomplished for that. Yeah. Whoops. But yes, uh, it can create great miracles (laughs) and then also come in really ridiculous and wild ways as well. Absolutely. 
So let's get back on track. Let's talk about the part of your journey that you'd like to share with listeners today. Sure. Um, I'm, and I'm really happy to talk about these things as well. Um, so I, I'm happy to talk about I, I have, you know, various mental health stuff that I need to manage in my life. Mostly it's just a generalized anxiety disorder and usually it's, it's pretty much tended to with, um, with medication and therapy and um, essential oils and all of the different things. Um, but a few years ago, I had a cliff drop into depression as well. And it was such a searing experience. experience. It wasn't just a, a little, like a little blip into depression. It was like, it was almost instantaneous. I remember the moment it descended and um, how horrific it felt. And um, it lasted I don't even know how long it lasted, but, you know, it just went from being okay, being okay, managing, managing, managing to this snap in my head and finally thinking, no, I can't, I can't manage any of this and this is it. I'm like, I'm I'm actually done for and I've awakened the reality of life and the reality of life is that it sucks very, very much. Right. Almost felt like you were in quicksand. Yeah. I feel like maybe. Yeah. I just sunk to the bottom of the floor and cried for a very long time. Um, and it was interesting. So me and my husband are both mental, mental health aware. Right. Um, that helps. And yeah. But it, 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 even in that, it took – it took a good few weeks before we realized that I actually needed to see a doctor. Um, and this is on top of, you know, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, I could barely drink. Um, I was crying from, you know, kind of all, all day and all night, um, having panic attacks near constantly. Um, and, um, I, and I don't know why we didn't think – he only needs to go see a doctor here. Um, and I think mostly just because my husband was too busy kind of managing and taking care of me and he, he was incredibly patient. I'm very grateful for that. Um, he, yeah, he was just always, you know, okay, tell me, tell me what's happening now. Tell me what's on your mind now and let's unravel that. Right. And let me tell you like how how I can understand how you feel that way, but how reality is actually looks like this instead. Um, and it took it took a, a good few months once I'd gone to see the doctor as well um, before it finally dissipated. It was kind of, it was kind of like this this great big whale had kind of taken hold of me and pulled me beneath the surface and didn't let me go for a long while. Um, and they were probably, I, yeah, absolutely some of the darkest days of my life. Um, becoming absolutely convinced that um, I'd been happy up to that point because I'd been wrong and that the, re- the real reality was that I was a, a fucking moron <laughs> um, and a fucking terrible parent and that I've gotten everything in my life wrong up to that point. Um, and it was so, like, I, I remember it 
how powerful that voice was that was telling me, you actually just suck majorly. You're an actual dickhead. Um, (laughs) Now, did that creep up on you or was there something that happened that triggered it? We, I mean, there's probably like a, a few compounding factors. We've had quite a number of different traumas over the last 10 years. Um, and we've also kind of, we'd also felt quite unsettled about where we were going to live and been having conversations about where we're going to live. And it felt like just that immense amount of pressure of trying to get it right. Right. Um, just crippled me. Yeah. I feel like, um, especially because 2020 has been such a mind You know what I mean? Like it just really messed with your head. And I feel like there have been moments in this year where I've felt that familiar feeling of being depressed, but feeling like there was so many things happening that I couldn't quite pinpoint whether it was, you know, what was going on in the U.S. or the fact that I was in quarantine or, you know, like there were just so many things that I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was, but I knew that I needed to quiet that noise and figure out a way to get back on track in a more productive way. Because, you know, there's that part of you that says, you know, just stop looking at Facebook, just stop watching the news and just completely unplug yourself. But at the same time, you don't want to be completely unaware at the same time, right? So it's that, yeah, that balance of, you know, how in the loop do I need to be in order to maintain my, some semblance of sanity at the same time? Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is a big year for all of us and all of us are experiencing um, like communal anxiety and depression. So I remember going through, I mean, and you would have experienced something similar when you had the horrific incident with the the explosion. Um we were living in a place, I think, six years ago, and there was a horrific tragedy in that community. It was very, very sad, and um, a, a, a number of children died. And um, in the the weeks and months that followed, it was um, it felt like a, a anxiety and depression kind of settled over that entire community of people and you were feeling everybody's sadness even though it wasn't necessarily your own but we I think we're all having kind of this global anxiety and depression at the moment and so we're picking up on a a lot of stuff even if it doesn't belong to us yeah as herd animals that we feel at all which is um interesting because it just proves that we are all connected, right? Because we do have, we can have empathy for people that we aren't related to, that we have no connection to, that are on complete opposite ends of the world. But at the same time, how do you manage that? Like, how do you not take all of that on and have that be a weight that you feel almost obligated to carry because of what's going on? Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily help people for you to actually feel anxious and depressed right. and even more anxious and yes. depressed about it. Um and so the and it is like trying to work out, okay, how do I know what's happening with trying to tend to myself as well? And me and my friends have had numerous discussions during quarantines and lockdowns and to keep on top of the news, like you've got to work out 
what's the trigger point? So for me, yeah. if I, if I, and I'm Australian, but if I hear any Trump, like, wow, I am just going to go down a, a big old sinkhole. Yes. Um, and if I listen to any press conferences with our prime minister who I don't align with politically, um, I'm going to feel pretty cranky. Um, so for me, it's better like, one, check the news less and also don't watch the news. I can read roundups yes. of press conferences <laughs> and go, okay, idiot, 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 idiot. Okay, that's the point I need to take up from this. Yeah, I, I tend to not watch videos as much as I read articles because at least then you can sort of filter yeah. things out. Yeah. Yeah, a little more. But, yeah, it's it's a massive priority for all of us to go, okay, I don't need to hear the news every single moment of every single day or even every single day um, unless, of course, a lockdown happens and then I'm sure you'll find out some way or another. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in these times. Yeah. Leonie, what, is, what did you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned through all of these experiences that you've had with anxiety and depression? That it is... It's, it's a physical illness. It is absolutely a physical illness, just like, you know, um, breaking a leg. And, um, and also, like, for me, I have a family history, a very, very extensive family history of mental health issues. My people live a really long time, but dear Lord, are they bananas. Um, <laughs> Like bless, bless my ancestors, but right. like very strong, very strong physically, but mentally not so much. Um, so of course I am going to be set up in a way that my brain chemistry doesn't necessarily uh, mesh organically into a really thriving, healthy model, and it's going to need support of medication and uh, therapy, acupuncture, essential oils, whatever a whole it takes. Kit. Yeah. to keep to keep this ship together. Um, and I don't have any shame about that. Like just as if you wouldn't have any shame if you have a family history of diabetes or any other like, you know, genetic disorders that, that come through family lines. You just be like, well, this is my part in life and yes. now I just need to tend to it and take care of it. Yeah, and be mindful of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well it really helped me understand the inner critic because I don't on a normal um basis I don't I don't have an inner critic um which I I'm grateful for um I don't have somebody telling me you're shit in my head (laughs) um and going through depression I was like oh no like having this very mean voice inside my head this was soul crushing right and I remember saying to my friend like is this what you live with on a daily basis and she's like welcome to being real right (laughs) um and that was so that was interesting experience to discover like what that that critic sounds like and how overwhelming that can be um and so I just have and I think every time I go through anything horrific my compassion well and my empathy well just opens so much more and my heart gets to expand. And on some level I think, oh, good, now I'm going to understand what other people who've gone through this feel like. Right, yeah, because I think it's interesting that your inner critic is 
typically quiet because for most of us, it she is very loud mm. <laughs> and quite bitchy. You know what I mean? Like there's no kindness, there's no grace to it at all. So I get that. Yeah, if you're experiencing that and it's unusual for you, that it would allow you to be more empathetic to people who are struggling with that on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember like, I, I was so sure that my depression was contagious and so I didn't want to see anybody. Yeah. And one of my oldest friends is like, come on, let's go out to dinner together. I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a fucking wreck. And she's like, do you even realize like what it's like to be like friends with you? You're always just so fucking happy, like and upbeat and you've always got shit going. Like I need depressed Leone. Like, right. I need subtraction here. I'm pretty depressed myself. And I was like, well, if you're depressed anyway, like we're not contagious. So like we can, <laughs> yeah. we can mob together. And we went out, we had the most honest and hilarious and dark humor kind of night. Um, and it was a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing when you do allow people into your world, when you are vulnerable like that, it strengthens your bond even more. Absolutely. Because so many of us want to constantly be on this, you know, everything's okay. It's all good. I'm fine. And, you know, the reality is that you're not fine, but the people that you feel safe with to admit that you're not fine, that you need help, that you're going through something aren't always um, very common. <laughs> so you end no. up putting wearing this mask and putting that out there to everyone that everything's okay all the time. And it isn't. So it is nice to have those friends that you can yeah, have that healthy yeah. cry with or, you know, vent if you need to vent or however you need to express yourself yeah. instead of keeping it all to yourself. Yeah, it's it, and I think like that vulnerability does, I think Brene Brown talks about this, how, you know, vulnerability can really strengthen connection um, even more when you allow people to see you even when that site is not glorious and well put together right. um it can deepen that relationship so much more I think another thing that came out of it that is really useful is um me and one of my dearest mates we're in we I mean we don't live close to each other but we we text near constantly during the day um and we kind of have like like a mental health warning with each other now in terms of like if if she's feeling like a little bit unbalanced or if I'm feeling a bit unbalanced we'll tell each other and that way we can kind of monitor okay where are you at today how are you feeling let's create an action plan of how to get you back on again um, and that that's useful to have that extra warning sign and that way we can tell each other okay this is like you probably need to go to the doctor now um or you're not seeming like yourself and this has been going for, you know, uh, not just a couple of days now. So let's, let's make an, let's make a mental health action plan and we'll even create like shared Google docs of <laughs> um, like, okay, so what are we going to do to manage this issue? Cause both of us really like to do this clearly. Um, right. <laughs> so it's good to have those kinds of people in your life. Yeah. You know, I think that um, when I lost my father and I went through depression, I felt like, I was in such a dark place. I was so negative that I felt like that was all I was putting out there. Do you know what I mean? So I get that whole isolating yourself because you don't want to be around people. 
because I did feel at some point that I was in such a dark place that I couldn't even, if you had something exciting to share with me, I couldn't even be happy for you. It would be like, oh yeah, that's nice. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So on, on one level, I understood that that wasn't, number one, who I was, but also that it wasn't healthy for me to be in that dark place and be so negative around other people who were experiencing joy because it's okay for them to experience joy. Just because I'm going through a really shitty time doesn't mean that nobody else can experience joy or happiness because that's not my reality right now. And I think that that took a long time to figure out because I was doing it on my own at that point. But once I got to a point where I realized that I needed to take a break from my head and sort of get back into the real world and sort of find a way to experience life again and work my way up to a better feeling. And I think that's what Esther Hicks helped me do is talk about that whole find a better feeling thought. So you're not going to go from zero, zero to 100. You're not going to go from super depressed to super happy. Not automatically, but you know, it's just about looking for a better feeling thought and feel and measuring that and being like, okay, so I'm feeling a little bit better than yesterday. And that's progress. Yay. As opposed to beating yourself up about the fact that you're not where you'd like to be. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and even just being able to measure is really useful, right? Yeah. Um, going, okay, where was I at yesterday? Where am I at today? And like seeing if there is any progress or if you're in a spiral or whatever, it can be really helpful just from a data perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think journaling really helped me with that, right? Because um, it was interesting even now to go back to some journals that I wrote, you know, 10 years ago and look at where my head was at then and look at where I'm at now. It's like, okay, so progress is being made. It's not like I'm... I'm not stuck. I, I sometimes I still feel stuck sometimes, but um when you when you can go back to those journals and you can go back even to those yearbooks that I did back in 2015 versus what I'm writing in them now, it's a completely different thing because what I thought was possible for my life, you know, and back then is not where I'm at right now. I have bigger dreams, bigger hopes, bigger vision, and so it's exciting to know that it's a constant evolution and not that you're ever stuck, even though you so sometimes feel that way. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to see that evolution of dreams. And I had a friend, I was over her place for lunch and she was like, oh, have a look at my first workbook. And it was when she was just starting out her business. And now it's, you know, wildly successful, uh, multi-million dollars a year. And, you know, it had been like, and yet her first workbook was like, if I can just hit, you know, like, hundred grand a year right. or whatever, then it will be good. Um, and to see the amount of growth and evolution we can have um, in the space of a year is just incredible. It really is. And I think that um, is why it's so important to write down your goals and your vision and your dreams, because number one, you get to see how much things can change from a year. <laughs> you know, even things that you thought you wanted five years ago are kind of like nonsense now. That's not a big deal for me. That's not what I want. I want something bigger or just different. But it's about understanding that as we go through life and we're having these experiences that we we learn more and we are introduced to new things. And so we're always going to um, have that evolution as far as what we want for ourselves. 
yeah, it's a, a precious thing to see ourselves grow over a year. And also there's a whole bunch of data and research behind why it's so important to write down our goals. So um, in one research study, they found that um, 80% of people don't even think about setting goals. 16% of people think about their goals but don't write them down. 3% will write them down but never look at them again. Right. And just 1% will write them down and then and take action and look at them again. And that 1% is among the highest achievers in the world. So, like, it's pretty clear that you need to write down your goals and regularly look at them again. And that's why the workbooks work so beautifully in helping Absolutely. you plan out your goals for every area of your life, your business and all of those things, um, and to look at them again. <laughs> oh, God, it's spring. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's late summer here and it is still allergy season, so I'm grateful, touch wood, that I haven't had any sneezing fits in our conversation yet. <laughs> Nailed it for you. Nailed it. It's it's the first day of spring this morning, so ah. I'm like, oh, right on key. Perfect timing. It is. <laughs> Leonie, what advice would you give to somebody who is struggling with their mental health right now? So first and foremost, I just want to say that the voice in your head that's saying really mean shit right now, like even though it is so convincing and even though it says it is absolutely right and this is the truth of life and you've just been too stupid to see it until now, I promise you that's not actually true. I promise. Like no matter how strong that voice is, I promise it's really, really not true and your life is uh, infinitely more precious and lovable and true than that. And whatever it is that you need to do to get yourself back online, like get your, your brain working again in a way that doesn't feel so crippling, please, please do it. So, um, there's so much medication available out there. And I wanted to say as well, because people have said to me, you know, but like, what about the the side effects? Because there's all, you know, I have to talk so much to people about um, what antidepressants and any anxiety medication actually do, because there are a whole bunch of preconceptions out there about what they are from people who've never experienced them. Right. So one, you're still going to feel everything. Um, you absolutely feel everything, but it just takes the rock bottom out. It doesn't make you numb. It just takes the rock bottom out, which is really nice because rock bottom sucks. <laughs> um, and two, on terms of side effects, they don't, you don't necessarily have any side effects and there's a whole range of medications out there. There's like, they, they come in different categories and then in each category there is different kind of brands and types as well. And so there's like this whole plethora of medications. So if one doesn't work, I, like I promise you something else will and at a different dose or a different category or a different type, um, there's like a rainbow of stuff out there. So just keep working with your doctor to try and find something that's going to work. And also if you're, if you're, if medication is not the right answer for you, totally fine, totally groovy, but there is a whole bunch of other things that you can do as well or in combination with the medication to help support you, including acupuncture and um, 
you know, therapy and counseling. And I found essential oils really helpful for me as well in terms of actually applying them topically with coconut oil um, really helps with like stopping uh, panic attacks and things like that. Um, and yeah, there is absolutely stacks of ways to like bring the anxiety down and also help with the depression stuff. But most of all, you, you'd kind of need to have support to help you get through it because at, at when you're in the throes of it, you can't actually trust your brain and your brain's not functioning enough to be able to help you get through it. So that's where we need to be herd animals and have a friend or a doctor or both that um, can help us get through. Yeah, I feel like um, the stigma to going to a therapist, psychiatrist, whatever, has lessened but I don't think it's completely there yet, right? Because sometimes you talk to people about therapy and, you know, they cringe and it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to talk to people about my stuff. And I think, though, that there is a benefit to it. I know that I got a lot of benefit from speaking to someone after I lost my father because I think that a lot of times you just need somebody who knows about whether it's the grief process or whatever who can help you work through it because, you know, nobody gives you a workbook that says this is how you should deal with how to handle grief. You know, 10 things to help you deal with, you know, the most devastating things that happen in your life. You need someone to guide you through it. And sometimes there's past trauma that you haven't dealt with that just gets triggered by things. And so you need to talk that out with a professional and get that help and guidance. And um, yeah, and stop thinking that you can do it all by yourself. Yeah, and also I just look at the data behind it. Like, okay, in terms of all of the research studies, what does it show that actually works on this stuff? So there's always like different kinds of therapies that work. Um, I actually, my husband just bought this fascinating book called, I think it's called The Anxiety Workbook. I'll have to find, I'll have to get the, the, the authors for you. And it's like a textbook, but it talks about all the different kinds of anxiety. And then it gives like this helpful chart of exactly what therapies, what modalities, what healing therapies assist with that specific thing. And so like, I'm, you know, I'm a hippie and I'm a creative, <laughs> but damn, do I love some science. Right. Um, like, just tell me what works. Like, you right. guys have already researched what works. Yes. I'll follow that. Yeah, no um, no reason to reinvent the wheel. No. No, and I do think as well there's a stigma about medication, especially in, like, the hippie worlds as well. Um, and I, like, you know, oh, but we should be able to manage it with bushflower essences or, <laughs> or flower essences. Like, yes. sure, I tried that, and I was still in a crippling pit of despair so like clearly no um you need like it can be a helpful complementary therapy but when it comes to like i've just had my leg cut off you probably need medical attention <laughs> right so when the leg is cut off like mentally you need medical attention you yes. need to and here in australia i don't know what the canadian system is like but if you go to your doctor, you create a mental health plan and you can say to them, like, I don't want medication. So let's work out a different path through here. Right. Um, 
And then as well, you know, they, you can get free therapy sessions through your doctor and like they, they give you a referral. You could choose what counsellor you go to. and But it gives you, like they do a rating for you of like, okay, what number are you at? What, right. what do you need help with right now? Okay, come back and see me and let's get this plan in place. And um, that could be massively useful. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, just ask, getting to that point where you're able and willing to ask for help can be the hugest hurdle. Yeah. And the thing that I've discovered is that like the moment that you say, I'm not okay, that's when the healing begins. Yes. Because that's when you can move forward. But the more that you hide it, you like it doesn't improve necessarily. No. And I remember so viscerally going into the doctor and I was, when I was having my depressive episode and I had huge sunglasses on and I was sitting in the waiting room and I was just crying, crying and crying. And I walked in to doctor surgery and I didn't, I didn't know this doctor very well. It was the first time I'd gone to see him because we'd moved around a lot. And um, I sat down and he said, how can I help you today? And I just said, and I couldn't even say it, so I just whispered it. I said, I'm not okay. He said, okay, all right, that's okay. You're here and we, we, will, we will make this better. Right, we can work on it. Yeah, we can yeah. work on it. And then, you know, he goes through his little checklist and it's just such a relief to finally admit how bad it is, you know, and to yeah. finally have somebody that goes, it's okay, I see this. There's lots of people that go through this, so this is what we're going. This is what we're going to do, and um, it's such a blessing. And they, they doctors could be such massive earth angels. Yeah, and I would imagine that that must have made you feel so much lighter to get to that point, right? To know that there was somebody who could help you through that. Yeah, and also just to know that, like, okay, we're on the right path now. You know, like even just going to right. the doctor, I'm on the right path now. This is actually going to get better now. It's not going to keep getting worse. It's not going to continue being a pity, like this pitiful well of sadness. And I'm going to start, you know, I've got a ladder now and it's just taking step right. by step. And this is, we're on the up now. Yeah. Leonie, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the listeners before we wrap up? Sure. I just, I just want you to know that you are lovable and you are so precious. And no matter what your inner critic says, I promise you the inner critic is, it's not going to like hearing this, but the inner critic is wrong. It's wrong. It's so (laughs) wrong. And that you weren't born to be in this world in order to believe that you should be anything but what you are like just like as I always talk about how zebras aren't walking around going oh if I just had one stripe different from what I have then I'd be happy (laughs) then I'd be worthy then I'd be allowed to enjoy my life then I'd be allowed to eat this beautiful grass like no a zebra is just like I'm a motherfucking zebra this is great look at me go yes look at this sunlight look at this grass I am having the best time like yeah. Every animal believes and knows that it is deeply worthy and it knows that because it was born. It's here. 
And that's the miracle of it. And I truly don't think that we are meant to be any different from that. We are animals. We are herd animals. We're supposed to feel the same radiance and joy. And the only time that when we don't feel that and when we don't have that, I just don't believe that it's our voice. It's the voice of the patriarchy. It's the voice of capitalism. It's the voice of white supremacy. It's the voice of like these man-made constructs. And I just think they're bullshit. I think they're bullshit. Like the fact that women have such a more critical inner voice than men, what does that say to you? The fucking patriarchy (laughs) at work. And what do we say to that? Like bullshit, like burn it down Um, so that we can get back to who we really are. And that's fucking magnificent and glorious and just having a fucking amazing time like a zebra yeah <laughs> living his best That's life right. <laughs> Leonie thank you so much for your time thank you for sharing your story I'm looking forward to the 2021 workbook oh they're gonna be fancy and I'll be careful <gasps> about what I wish oh for God. and ask for and <laughs> because I don't want any um accidental tragedies News appearances or yeah, anything with dog like poop that. In your head. I mean, you want to be on national TV, but you want to do it as an expert. Like, right. yeah. yeah, related to my business, yeah. not about yeah. catastrophes happening in my backyard. Yeah, that one. That one. I feel <laughs> yeah. you. I get that. Yeah. You are awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me, Sandra. I so appreciate it. Yeah. And so... Folks, if you want to find out more about Leonie and what she's up to, you can check out the show notes and I will have links there to um, so you can connect with her and see what she's up Ooh, to. That'll be so fun. And I have so much free shit on my website as well. Literally, you go to my website and you click the free shit page and it's just <laughs> so much free shit on there. I've been creating for a really long time and yep. I like to give so much of it away. So go get some free shit. Yeah. I, I second that. I have gone and done that myself, and I highly recommend the free it. Shit experience. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Leonie, thank you so much, and Thanks, have Sandra. an awesome day. I know it's early morning for you, so enjoy the rest of your day. And to my listeners, we will see you soon.